the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through the Word, and without the Word, not one thing came to be. What has come into the being in the Word was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Thanks be to God. Thank you. So I want to thank our worship leaders and our wonderful open band. Was this music amazing this morning? Do you love it? I love being here. Hey. Yay. This is clapping. This is clapping. I love it. Also, by the way, it's okay to raise your hands in here. It's okay to dance. It's okay to move around. Anybody. We're not the frozen chosen. So when we have music, or if you want to jump up and say hallelujah, or whatever it is that comes to your heart and spirit, this is a place to just be like that. So I do love being here, but I got to say, I also love October, especially when fall comes on ahead in October for us, as it has. And on these crisp mornings, it would be kind of nice to also to be at home, you know, with that, with that coffee or that tea. <laughs> Amen. There we go. Or a little cup of hot chocolate made with a little whipped cream or a latte and just just enjoying that peace. I mean, wouldn't it be a perfect day to just wake up in your own bed, refreshed and at peace and feeling in your own skin and just have the time to behold the light and the colors coming in the dawn, to just be there? Do we get days like that? Every day is the perfect day for light and life. It's a great time to just abide in that spirit. Abiding. What a great word. There's a lot of abiding in our scripture library. Have you noticed that? Do we even know what it means? I mean, what do you think of when you hear abide? <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's get that. Yeah. This is our next t-shirt. <laughs> um, the actual meaning of this word abide in the Hebrew, the way it's used, is to dwell. It actually means tabernacle. It is the word mino. And it's a verb, right? So a tabernacle is a tent. And what this means is to tent, to move in, to stake your tent, to inhabit and come into where all the people are, and to travel together with them, to sojourn, and just to be together. It actually means to move into the neighborhood, okay? So that's abiding, abiding to just be with. And it is God's way with us, isn't it? And has been from the beginning. When we hear this passage, 
this morning from John, it sounds like those words from the very beginning of the book of Genesis, right? It sounds like that, but it's being told in a little different way. It is the same story. So in the beginning, there is God. There is this mommy, daddy, parent, God. And then there is who? Who is with God? The Word. The Word was with God. This, this other different and distinct Word. It doesn't have a name. It's just Word. And they're different, but they also are the same. Okay? And this is the way from the beginning. And then creation happens. The word goes out. We hear this. We know that the word is a noun, and yet it emanates from a source. It moves, it goes out, and it keeps moving, and it keeps going out until something stops it or until it gets inside of something else, right? There's this movement that happens. The word happens. Now, I think there's a lot of insight to this. If you speak Spanish, if you've ever read this first book of Genesis in Spanish. Now, if anyone knows, what is the Spanish word for word? It is palabra, right? We know that. But if you read the, the Bible in Spanish, the Santa Biblia, that's not what it says. It says, el verbo, the verb, was with God. Think about that. And what is a verb? It's action. It's action. It happens, right? It's movement. Does that open up to a whole other way of thinking about word? It's a verb. I love this. What a wonderful insight. And so this happened this verb and what it happened was life it is the life that was for all people and now i want to ask you if you'll pray with me let us pray O oh god of light and of darkness and of hope teach us how we can comprehend the mystery that is you more than words so open to metaphor when we seek you and it seems we cannot see, come to us with your word. And when we cannot hear, bring us your light. Now may the words of my mouth make a way in the darkness so that we hear and believe and come to know that you are our light and our salvation. Amen. Amen. So John Wesley is another dude that you may have heard of. We've talked about him in here. John Wesley unintentionally founded the Methodist movement, our faith. And he says that these first verses from John's gospel are a description of creation, but they are also the reason why. So if you're a person who pays attention to such things, you may have noticed an abundance of metaphor here. And you may have wanted to say, hey, that's a bunch of mixed metaphors, dude. 
But stick with us, because this God talk is not like any other language. I want to make a case that these metaphors do not conflict with one another. Rather, they proclaim in a variety and diversity our God's creative activity, and they entice our imaginations. Before creation in the Hebrew scriptures, there was nothing but darkness, and the Spirit of God hovered, kind of like a dove, right? A spirit. It was abiding above this formless, dark void. There's a process theologian whose name is Marjorie Suhaki. She actually came once to this congregation. I heard her. This was many years ago. And her description of God completely transformed who God is for me. I want to share it with you now. She invites us to imagine the God of the universe like flowing water. And I am going to read part of this because I want to do it just as beautifully as she does. In intimate relation with all elements throughout the universe, and therefore with all the earth as well, imagine God in creative relation rushes into all the nooks and the crannies and is available to it and touches everything in its path exerting power by simply being pervasively present to all. Wooing the earth so that it may become a world and woos the world in the hope that it might yet become a peaceful reflection of the divine image. I heard that in the beautiful passage from Psalms that Crystal brought to us and that song that our own community wrote about this glow, this radiance that is reflection of our creator. So there's a pattern to this creation in this created order and it reverberates and it echoes across time with potential for creation to occur again and again and again. Like the call and response of our liturgy every time back and forth again and again. The beginning occurs, this life emerges and reflects the word, the verb, who became flesh and lived among us. So in the beginning, if this is our timeline here, God creates a world and us in it and gives us light, a light that is for us and shows us the way and a light that is in us reflecting that image and across time as we move along there were people called prophets and God gave the words to the prophets prophets like Isaiah who took that message and gave it to the people Prophecy is speaking to the future, but it is also speaking the truth. The truth of what God is doing in the world and the truth about us and what we're supposed to be doing in it. And one of the things that Isaiah said, there's a voice calling in the wilderness. Let every mountain be brought low and let every valley be raised up and make a way for the one who's coming. And that was the coming Christ.
So we come across time, and now we are here where John in this same passage speaks about the one who's coming. He says, there was a man. He's talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, hear the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. There I come to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. This man was not the light, but he used words to testify and tell about that light. The true light coming to enlighten everyone and coming into this world. This is the Christ event. That is the light that John's telling us about. The word that became flesh and dwelt, that tabernacled here with us among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a parent's only child, full of grace and truth. Something really important is missing here, forgive me. I get real excited. So I want to talk about this light. I was driving down 35 from the north, coming back this way, and flipped on the radio, and I heard these words, and I was thinking about this very passage. I heard this question. This woman was talking, and she said, what was it like to have no words? Well, she had me. I had to listen. She said, tell us, what was it like to be unable to put words to your thoughts? The woman she was talking to had suffered a severe trauma. She had woken up in a hospital bed. She was paralyzed. She could not speak. And she had no memories, none. Now in her recovered state, she's being interviewed on NPR. And I wish I knew the show. I haven't been able to find this. This is what she tells us. What was it like for you to not be able to think? And she says this. In the midst of it all, there was this joy. There was silence. And a sense of complete joy. For the first time in my life, those voices, those, those things in your head, those messages, they're gone. It was just me. I only had sense. And she goes on, a person with words sees sunlight in the window and they think, The sun's coming up, right, with words. They know the sun is rising, and I was able to sense the light, to feel its warmth. I was aware of it, but I was like a baby. I had no words. Aware of the light, seeing and sensing as pure experience, it was happening 
and there were no words. This woman, having lost nearly all sense, was aware of an abiding presence of light. Her experience might make us wonder, how is it that we are aware of this light, this Christ, abiding among us, present in our lives? We can know Christ in a direct and personal way. In our hearts, in the core of our being, without words. In verse 18 of this passage, it says, No one has ever seen God. We need these metaphors or symbols to connect imagination and encounter and reason. Like parables, like music, like dance, like art. Our embodied knowledge of the divine light emerges through our own creative acts the way we process, the way we order, the way we live and move and have our being together in this reality of daily life. This beauty is God's gift to us, just as the gift of light is for us and in us always. So the prophets came, and John the Baptist came and prophesied about the light that was to come into the world that happened with us. This Jesus came to live in a world that did not recognize him. We've got to wonder how that could be that the one who created us, that created life, would not be recognized when our own parent, our own maker, showed up and moved in next door. It happened in Jesus' lifetime, and it's still happening today. This word, this Christ, came to live in the world, and even though the world came into being through him, how could it be? Jesus was born into a world of darkness, a world where the mountains had not been made low, the obstacles blocking the light were ever-present, and where the valleys did not rise up, they weren't filled in or made level, there were deficits, and the low places, which are the things undone, the things neglected, perhaps things unable to be resolved, have not risen up and do not receive the light cast across the scape. This is the world we are born into. Obstacles of places and of neglect and need. Obstacles that are not of our own making. Sometimes those mountains and those low places can reside in our own hearts. This is where the light of Christ continues to move, to shine, And it is our task to make the path straight, to be shaped in the way, in the heart of Jesus. So there's no barrier to that light shining radiantly, directly on us. Our passage says, all who receive the light, who believed in Jesus' name, receive the power to become children who were born of the will, not of humans, but born of the will of God.
Remember in this verse, this creation story told was in past tense. It says the word was, the word was with God. And then it says the light shines. That's now. The light shines in the darkness. It shines always. When this eternal word reached down and stepped down the tabernacle with us, as John Wesley said, in our innocent infirmities, he, Jesus Christ, moved into the neighborhood. He knows us that well. Like your neighbors know you. Like the people who live with you know you. And what did he say? He said, you are the light of the world. Here's another way to put it. This is a passage from Matthew. It's uh, part of the Beatitudes, and this is a version from the message, a contemporary translation. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this. If, you, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you, do you? I'm putting you there on the hilltop, on a light stand. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous parent in heaven. Amen. I want to tell you about some friends who are embracing this truth without obstacles, without any deficits. There is a group that began out of open, out of this congregation of LGBTQIA plus leaders. We started meeting back in June. And there are, these are Christ followers and seekers and doubters and questioners and people like me who are just figuring it out, who are claiming identities as beloved children of God as is proclaimed in the truth of this good news today. And this collective is called most perfectly GLOW. GLOW. And I get to be their spiritual guide and pastor, but I am not the leader. Because out of our constituents, out of our membership, out of these leaders, we are envisioning and discovering identity and our giftedness and who we are called to be together in this world by paying attention to that image of God that is already planted within, that light and how it can shine forth. And I think the very best expression of what happened when we met last month in late September for the first time is from the words of Hannah Phillips, and I did not ask her ahead of time for permission, but this is public, so thank you, Hannah. No one could have said it better. This is on our blog. We have a blog. Go to our website and check it out. And there you will find, I'll have to only give you part of it, but I hope you'll read it all. We all came together to do something called vision boarding. And it was the perfect activity, the perfect thing to teach and try, 
because we were in a place of being in vision, exploring our own identities, but also envisioning what GLOW could mean and be for this church and community and beyond. And we're showing you some of the pictures and the, the boards and the people that were there that night and the artwork. After we had created these wonderful pieces of work, Hannah says, the people should, stood to share, and I was struck by how even though everyone's vision boards looked totally different, the vision for GLOW that inspired them was ultimately the same. We wanted a warm place, a colorful place, an affirming place, a forgiving place, a safe place, a creative place, a transformative place, a place where we could be ourselves and explore what that meant, a place where we could doubt and question, a place where we could feel loved. Don't we all want that? Is that not the created world that we heard about in John today? Ultimately, we wanted a home. God made this home for us. This is a home many queer Christians don't find in the capital C church. So here we were creating it for ourselves out of glitter and magazine clippings and stickers and discarded sheet music and a thousand other salvaged scraps from other people for whatever reason they did not want. But we saw their beauty, just as God sees the beauty in us. Our visions were much, much more than the sum of our parts. God is the creative presence who created us. When we engage in that same creativity, we learn a little bit more about ourselves, about who God made us in their image to be. There's a kind of reverse engineering. Learn more about the art and you'll learn about the artist too. And Hannah continues, I believe that is God's vision for GLOW. And I pray that it will be your vision as well as we continue to explore identity, to hear this truth today. Who is that light for? Who is it for? Is it for you? The light that came into the world is for all people. Who is excluded? Who cannot receive this light? Even this woman, completely incapacitated and without words, received the light. So as we prepare to respond now to the word, it's your turn. So I hope the kids are coming back. I'm a little bit ahead of the schedule that we gave them. So let's ask them to come back in. And while they are doing that, look around and see if you can find a little stick. It's a glow stick. And I hope that after worship, if you want to, some of our artwork is here for you to look at. And a lot of it is also on our website. And when the kids come in, they can join you. I want you to take that stick and break it. Just bend it and let that light shine. God is here. So let's be still. And let's prepare to just look into this glow and contemplate 
What that means to have a light within you. And how do you know what that light really is made of until you really realize all of the gifts that God has gifted in you? And I don't mean you necessarily paint pictures or that you're a dancer. There are so many ways to be creative, friends. Some people are creative by creating order. You can tell from their desk. You can see it in their lawn. (laughs) Some people are creative in relationship. They know how to bring about reconciliation and peace. And they're creative in the way they are parents and lovers. And the kids are here. So, something is missing. So let's prepare now to hold that in your hands or to put it on if you care to. And I want to take a moment just to behold that glow or to close your eyes. So let's be quiet with the light together just for a minute. It makes us laugh. It's full of joy. And behold the glow. For God is here with our eyes closed gently or looking into the glow of the light. Know this represents the light already present to you. Let's release every burden, every obstacle, and let the healing, gracious, glowing presence abide to reveal the different way, the new creation in us. And now, friends, together, you can look up and let us glow.